0: You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times.
1: Yes, that's right. Hello, everyone. Dave Rubenstein here again, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. Uh, Today, we're talking about Atlassian's uh, move of uh, Bitbucket Cloud to the AWS Cloud, uh, for all of our listeners who are using uh, the uh, Atlassian uh, products and platform. Um, this will be a, an interesting story of how and why they got that done. So with me today are uh, Robert Crone. He's the head of Agile and DevOps Engineering at Atlassian. And Daniel Tao, who's the head of Bitbucket Cloud Engineering. Thanks for being here with us, fellas.
2: Thanks a lot, Dave. Uh, uh, thanks for having us. And uh, hello to all your listeners. <laughs>
0: Thank yeah, you. thanks for having us. Good to be here.
1: Thanks, Dan. Okay, so let's just get started with um, uh, the how and the why. Uh, Robert, let's start with you. So, um, you know, why was this an important move for Atlassian, and how is it going to benefit uh, users of uh, Bitbucket Cloud? Sure.
2: So, uh, Atlassian has been, you know, really hyper-focused on uh, its, its cloud offerings and its cloud uh, platform, and also to bring uh, its customers along you know, to the cloud with these products that Atlassian sells on the cloud. And Bitbucket uh, was one of the last products to go completely to the cloud. And what I mean by that is Bitbucket has, uh, in the last 10 years, Well, we've been managing our own data centers in some various locations, and everyone sort of knows how difficult that is, managing your own data center, looking after hardware and switches and networking and all that sort of stuff. And we wanted to move that uh, to uh, Amazon to via our own platform called the Micros platform, which Dan will go into some detail about. Uh, to get all the benefits of our cloud platform and and Amazon's uh, cloud platform. Uh, And we did that uh, in the last 18 months. We completed that in August of uh, this year. And it was a fantastic uh, effort and a fantastic journey. Um, uh, We'll go into some details about the speeds and feeds and all the numbers there. But the thing that was really fantastic is we did it with almost no downtime. Um, and uh, very little uh, disruption to our customers. Uh, so we really were doing it while we are running the the, the product.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that alone, I think, is pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, Dan, so let me bring you in a little bit, and uh, maybe you can give us some of the uh, how of uh, making this migration uh, that was able to uh, allow you guys to do that without, uh, without the doubt time.
0: Sure, yeah. So um, just to kind of provide some sense of scale, um, Bitbucket does regularly a, a billion transactions daily um, from customers, you know, accessing their repositories via Git, accessing the website, using our APIs, um, running running pipelines, running their builds on Bitbucket pipelines. So there's a huge amount of activity that Bitbucket supports every day. And so, you know, it's not the sort of thing where if we kind of unplugged our servers and uh, just, you know... <laughs> you know, took everything offline for a little bit that people wouldn't notice. There would be, there would be uh, uh, many, many. Uh, you know, those billions of transactions would would uh, fall to the floor. So, um, in addition, we had over fifty million customer repositories that needed to be migrated out of our uh, data center servers. So, I share those numbers just to sort of convey that. Doing all this without any downtime was, was quite a challenge. It was definitely not obvious to us uh, on day one how we were going to get all that done. Um, how we did do it ultimately was basically by starting to recreate Bitbucket in the cloud on the micros platform, um, you know, sort of in isolation on its own. So we, we started by re-architecting the product to be able to run on the cloud platform because, you know, bear in mind, the architecture of the service itself had previously kind of assumed it was operating in a data center. There's a lot of assumptions that go into the architecture um, in that world where you have very low latency connectivity between all of your resources. Um, So we had to undo a lot of those assumptions and that took a lot of work initially. Uh, But as we were doing that, we we basically rebuilt Bitbucket in the cloud, like I said, on the micros platform. And then what we started to do as we got it ready, you know, from a compliance and a security standpoint, and we sort of checked off all the boxes internally that we need to check off to to be ready to handle customer traffic, we started replicating all of our data in the data center into our cloud environment, and you know that that took a while. Just getting the bits copied over took quite a while. Um, you know, to give a sense of of, of scope of data, it, just just literally moving the data over took months. Um, And that was a process of, you know, not, you know, first we had to bulk copy the data over, but then we had to put these replication systems in place to every time a user pushes to their repository, every time a user makes an edit or, you know, creates something in Bitbucket, we had to replicate that into our cloud environment. Uh, And we got to a point where that data was being replicated basically in real time um, with a lag of milliseconds. And Mm -hmm. so, once we were at that point, then it was just a matter of very carefully and, and, and methodically at, at the load balancer edge, like at the network layer, rerouting um, more and more traffic over to our cloud environment. So behind the scenes, you know, when you're a Bitbucket user, when you go to bitbucket.org in your browser, um, previously that would always be a, a server in our data center, one of our data centers mm-hmm. handling that request. In- increasingly, we would send more and more of those requests into our cloud environment. Mm -hmm. So, so we basically did it, you know, one step at a time, um, very surgically routing that traffic over until by uh, August of this year, we were handling hundred percent of traffic from our cloud environment and our data center servers were sort of sitting there with their CPUs idle, which was really a great thing to see.
1: Mm -hmm. That's, that's wild. So let me, let me just ask you a, a couple of questions. So first off, uh, what was the advantage of doing this uh, f- from Atlassian's point of view, and what is the advantage of doing it for your users?
2: I, I could probably take that to begin with, and, and if I miss anything, Dan, you can fill me in. Sure. Um, the advantages uh, for, for for Atlassian is that we're on a shared platform. Um, and so when we say, you know, cloud and platform, a cloud platform, it's sort of a double whammy of goodness, in that you're on a platform that is shared by uh, many, many products. So you get economies of scale through that. And so uh, you've got better security, you've got better reliability, you're fixing defects in one place. And then being on the cloud, uh, you've got the benefits of elasticity. So in our data centers that we had before, you know, we had a fixed number of servers. And if you know, we needed to add capacity. That was a month months long uh, process to get the servers installed and and mm-hmm. so on. So, being on the cloud platform gives you that 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 uh, elasticity, the the reliability, uh, better security, all those things that are, that are that are uh, not only you know important uh, for for our customers, but allow. Atlassian engineers to concentrate on, you know, building better applications and and better, better features. Mm -hmm. Dan, anything to add there?
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I think you hit the big ones, uh, Robert. I think to just put some numbers to the reliability piece um, that that to me is the the most obvious sort of day one benefit to customers. Like you know our our engineering team's ability to focus more on delivering features and investing in the quality of the product. Those are going to be sort of long term benefits that customers of Bitbucket will notice more and more over time. We're hoping, um, but as far as day one benefits, the the reliability of the service has just taken a huge quantum leap forward. Um, you know to for. To, to illustrate that in the two months since the migration completed, the volume of support requests we get related to, you know, outages, reliability, um, responsiveness has dropped 93%. Um, uh, so, and, and you can just see it for yourself, you know, like internally beyond what customers see, if they follow us on status page, um, our, our public facing page, where we, you know, indicate when there's an incident happening, um, internally we also track you know everything whether it's just an alert going off a, a graph you know tracking cpu or memory or something like that kind of showing anomalous behavior the the rate of those things happening has dropped to basically zero for us and I, I attribute that in a huge way to the elasticity that robert mentioned you know in in a data center you just don't have the flexibility if there's a huge surge in traffic or there's a you know totally anomalous workload that you have to deal with Mm. um you got to work with the servers that you got right you got to use the the physical servers on the racks um and sometimes we'd have to get really creative with how we would do that and distribute workloads but Mm. on our cloud platform you know we can just add capacity um instantly and so that that i think is a huge benefit to customers another another benefit actually um which is not so much a benefit of the migration of itself, but of the architectural changes we had to make to to make the migration possible, is that we actually made Bitbucket a lot faster. It's um, from if you compare the performance of Bitbucket in our in our original data center back at the start of 2020 mm-hmm. to Bitbucket today, um, and we measured it across across you know not every single capability we have, but all kind of the key ones, whether it's viewing a pull request, looking at your source code, looking at your commits, etc. It's 55% faster today than it was at the start of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I I really got to give kudos to our engineers for the really brilliant work they did, uh, just kind of ripping out the guts of Bitbucket and re-implementing a lot of them to be much more efficient to make that possible. So that's Mm -hmm. another huge benefit for customers today.
1: Yeah. Now, was that something you had intended or was that just kind of a side benefit of having to re-architect to make this move?
0: <laughs> to be honest, we sort of overshot in a good way, in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, we we were really the engineers on Bitbucket were really concerned about um, negative impacts to performance from moving into the cloud. The reason I sort of hinted at it earlier that in the data center, you know, our storage and our compute and everything super close together, yeah. um, the latency is just so low that 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 became an assumption of the way the application was written, yeah. and so. Our engineers were concerned, you know, when you increase that latency by having our storage and our compute all in the cloud, um, how is the customer experience going to be impacted? So our goal was basically to make enough improvements so that, um, you know, we could sort of absorb that increase in latency from moving to the cloud. And when I say we overshot, that's where you get that 55% improvement. Like we, we made it so much faster that the latency became sort of dwarfed by all of the other improvements we made, which which I'm I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. I can I can say you know one of our sort of senior devs eighteen months ago, if you told them Bitbucket's going to be faster in the cloud, they <laughs> they would not have believed you. But here we are, um, mm-hmm. so that's great.
1: Interesting. So so let me just ask you this. Uh, I, you know, I know uh, Bitbucket has been around for quite some time. Uh, as has Git, and I know there are integrations uh, between there. What what is the size of the of the Bitbucket user base at at this time, and and why would somebody? I guess would they need to be in Bitbucket if they're using the entire uh, you know Atlassian suite of tools, or uh, you know what is it about Bitbucket that has attracted this big crowd? Where a lot of people, when they moved off of their other uh, systems, uh, went to Git.
2: So I can uh, uh, fill in some of the, the the details there, and and maybe Dan, you've got some of the specific numbers um, to sort of answer one of the questions there uh, around you know do customers need to use Bitbucket uh, when they use Atlassian products? Uh, the answer is no. We our our approach and our strategy is to have an open uh, DevOps environment to allow you to use the tool that you need to use. Mm-hmm. So we uh, actually launched something uh, about uh, four months ago called Open DevOps, which allows you to have the best of both worlds, a all-in-one ability to use our Atlassian products as a DevOps tool chain, uh, but it'd be able to swap uh, pieces out. So if you're using um, uh, GitHub, for example, uh, you can use GitHub instead of Bitbucket. In fact, you can use both Bitbucket and uh, GitHub depending on the complexity of your of your project.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We believe in an open environment um, uh, to to support that. Uh, and in terms of the 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 numbers, I mean, why would why would you use Bitbucket? There are some advantages uh, to to using Bitbucket in in that tool chain um but in general we're very flexible about it um and and uh, you know i think dan's going to go into the numbers but we we literally have you know millions of users and a, and a lot of people that are using bitbucket to develop you know all sorts of uh, software products sure
0: yeah i mentioned earlier that that we handle uh, regularly a billion transactions every day that's coming from we have over 14 million users total mm-hmm. um and, you know, Robert uh, is speaking, you know, largely uh, about our overall Atlassian's overall DevOps strategy. I'm obviously a bit biased <laughs> being the <laughs> head of engineering on Bitbucket cloud. Right. And and I would I would certainly recommend Bitbucket. I mean, l- like Robert said, you know, if, you, if you're using GitHub or GitLab or, or another tool, um, that can work really well with Atlassian's products too. And, and the, our company is making sure to support those things. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that, You know, I I am expecting, and and it's a goal of mine, certainly, to continue to make Bitbucket sort of first in class in terms of its integrations with um, Atlassian's suite of products. Just because, uh, in particular, there's, you know, there's integrations we can build into Bitbucket. Like, you can create a Jira issue from Bitbucket. You can view your Jira issues directly in Bitbucket. So the depth of integrations that, frankly, we're just, sort of willing to build is obviously going to be sort of maximized uh, given that we're all working for the same company. Um, but like Robert said that there's nothing, there's nothing internally that forcing anybody into choosing Bitbucket, right, certainly. Right.
1: Just one other point I wanted to circle back to, which was the the actual migration itself. Uh, you know, I've heard from people making these uh, moves to the cloud saying that it's hard enough to do it when things aren't changing rapidly but if you're having what you said a, a you know a billion commits a day or I, I don't remember what that number was you said exactly so how how much of a challenge was that from an engineering perspective to i know you said you were starting to monitor and process all that in real time but so so how did that affect uh, your ability to make the move as i said i know a lot of people who we've spoken to have said it's it's really hard to do even when your data and things aren't changing
0: right um, well, it was difficult. Um, and, and I won't lie. Uh, we certainly, uh, we took, we took an approach that, uh, you know, are generally we, we preferred to inconvenience ourselves rather than inconvenience our users. So an example of that would be, we did end up having to move repositories over the weekends just to minimize the amount of activity that was happening on them. Right. Um, but as we did that, uh, th- the data was being replicated without any customer disruption, like I mentioned before. But what we would do is on a Saturday morning, we would update sort of the, our, our back-end store to, to treat the, the, our cloud storage as it, the new source of truth for repositories. And in order to do that, we would sort of on a, on a, on a one-by-one basis, we would very briefly lock customers' repos uh, and then unlock them just to prevent any sort of data corruption. Um, the number of support cases we received from people being inconvenienced by that I think was close to zero. It was a very low number. Um, for most customers they didn't they wouldn't notice anything. Um, and so you know it, like if you were pulling changes from your repository for example that would just proceed smoothly you wouldn't you, you wouldn't be aware that anything had happened behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know if we had attempted to do it during peak traffic, for example, I think given the the network congestion and things like that it probably would have been a bit more of a challenge which is why we chose to do it on the weekends mm-hmm. with uh you know with the low the the lowest amount of of activity going on at a time and i mentioned uh, before we did this with this whole thing with almost no downtime the only amount of downtime we did have to take on was again on a saturday it was um for our for our biggest database um cutover Mm-hmm. And you know, our, our our engineers did extensive research and did quite a bit of have quite a bit of expertise in this field. It's it's really not totally possible to um, to to cut over a database at our scale with zero downtime. So we did it with the absolute minimum uh, possible.
1: Excellent. All right. Well, uh, you know, Robert, Dan, thanks so much for your time today. Interesting story of how you uh, were able to pull that off of moving uh, Bitbucket Cloud onto AWS. Thanks for your time today, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Thank you a lot, uh, Dave. Uh, thanks for having us on your on your podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thanks. It was fun.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. Uh, once again, Dave Rubenstein, editor-in-chief of SD Times. Until next time, so long.